Thank you for joining us today on Mental Health Fridays with Marcy Tatro and Jay Paul. We have a very special show for you. Today's show is dedicated to all those that served in Iraq, Afghanistan, and all other missions related to 9-11. Today's show is written and produced by Marcy Tatro. On 9-11-2001, 2,977 people were killed in the deadliest terrorist attack in American history. On 9-11-2001, at 8.46 a.m., Flight 11 crashed into the World Trade Center North Tower. All passengers immediately were killed. Workers above the 91st floor were trapped. At 9.03, Flight 175 crashed into the World Trade Center South Tower. All passengers were killed instantly, while millions of Americans watched on TV. 343 firefighters and paramedics and 23 police officers were killed tragically as they also rushed to the scene to help the victims of the terrorist attack. After 9-11, thousands of men and women from across the nation enlisted in the armed forces to protect and serve the United States. It is estimated that 3.5 million combat veterans were exposed to burn pits. On August 20, 2022, the White House signed federal legislation granting federal funding to those affected and exposed to burn pits. One of the persons that helped make this funding possible is a local U.S. Marine, Mike McLaughlin. into the conversation. How are you doing this morning? Not too bad. Welcome in. And uh, actually, uh, you're becoming quite a fixture on here. We've had you in. For, <laughs> you've done ads. You've done... Uh, uh, a, that's a surprise. Yeah, you've done other things. But you're also going to be a special, uh, a monthly guest on, on my very show here uh, as you're in your capacity as a veteran service officer. Yeah, at 11-11, right? Yeah, 11, yeah coming up here on... Uh, it's going to be the third Friday of uh, every month. Uh, at in the eleven o'clock hour at eleven eleven, that's what he requested. So that's when we get him on the air. <laughs> yeah, it's got good crossover with Veterans Day though on November eleventh. So. It sure does. It's my favorite day of the year, actually. Is it really? Yeah. Yep. I can see that. If you ask my friends, they'll they'll tell you why. All right. So, um, Mike, what'd you think of that that intro? I mean, it is a, a mental health show, so you hit me uh, right in the feels there on the Yellow Brick Road with uh, Elton John. One of my old college roommates, uh, Brandon, used to sing that and try and hit the high notes, so it uh, brings up certain mental health <laughs> ramifications for me. Uh, but then also, uh, if my sister's listening, uh, she'll, she'll vouch for this. Uh, when I was a kid, Top Gun was my favorite movie, and I was actually one of those kids that was so into it that I cried every time Goose died. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. lost mm-hmm. myself. So. Yeah, but actually, we grew up with that, that movie, too. It was like our childhood favorite as well. I think it's just our generation. So we found out that Mike and actually Mike and I are actually the same age, same class from oh, the really? area. Yep, All class right. of two thousand three. Well, it's my grandkids. <laughs> so well, this is why it's kind of interesting because I have them like someone has to give Mike some crap. I'm like Mike, hey, you're gonna come on the show. I usually ask everybody like, what kind of songs do you want to come on, uh, or like, what do you what do you want your cue song to be? What's your vibe? 
What, Mike, what did you tell me? <laughs> uh, Spencer Davis Group uh, gave me some loving, and then uh, Why Can't We Be Friends by War. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because I was expecting like ACDC, Metallica, something like, you yeah. know, my buddies, you like my other Marine era. buddies she know. I'm like, what the heck? This is like 70s and 60s. I'm like, this is our Vietnam music. Yeah. I'm like, Mike, we're like, you're only 38, man. I don't, I don't think you can dispute War's got some bangers oh, out yeah, there, and I think it's pretty relevant talking about it. I think this is it. good. But Jay loves it. He thought that was great. All right. So we're going to play it for you, though. <laughs> well, a little bit anyway. <laughs> Sing along at home. I thought actually when you had mentioned that song, like, is this a military teasing, like harassing between the different branches? Because I always hear all those jokes and stuff. But anyways, um, one of the reasons I wanted to have Mike on the show was because I heard about the federal legislation being passed at the national level. And when I was looking online and I saw that, Mike, you had passed it from Mankato. And as someone that's been in the field of mental health, working with veterans for the last 10 years, um, dedicating my life to mental health and veterans and kids, to see that you're from like my, the next town over, and it's pretty cool. I'm like, wow, what the heck? We have a Captain America here, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> and so to help pass this legislation on the behalf of 3.5 combat veterans across the country, I, I, that says a lot. And I just thought that was so cool. So I'm like, all right, I got to meet Mike. And when I was talking about this on um, with Jake Ward in the radio, I was talking about how I want this show to help veterans. I really want to do something that actually makes a difference on a bigger level, get out real information, get out real facts. And um, during this time, they're all like, hey, you should meet this guy named Mike. And then I talked to Dr. George. He's like, you should meet this guy named Mike. I'm like, I don't know. I have a coffee thing with the Mike guy. And then it was the same thing. So it was just you have a good uh a good reputation and, and what you've done for the veterans in this country is pretty impressive, Mike. So um, if you could just talk us, like walk us through, maybe we start with what do you do here in Mankato um, with your job, your role title, and what's your role? And then from there, backtrack to how this legislation started, how long it took to get pushed, things like that. Sure. So uh, currently I serve as the Blue Earth County Veteran Service Officer uh, based out of Mankato here for all of Blue Earth County. Uh, prior to that, I worked uh, with Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans, which is also based out of Mankato here doing uh, homeless outreach and low-income uh, veteran outreach. Uh, but now as the Blue Earth County Veteran Service Officer, I get to work with all veterans, uh, not just that population of it. So uh, in the state of Minnesota, uh, back uh, post-World War II, uh, the state uh, did a mandate to all counties that you'll have a vet service office uh, in every county and no more than two can combine. And so at that time, they realized that in the, the local community, veterans needed assistance accessing and getting through the bureaucracy of VA back in the 1940s. And it's kind of funny to, to think they thought the bureaucracy was so big in 1940 <laughs> that you needed help. And here we are, you yeah. know, in 2023 with right. government so much bigger. But uh, so that's the capacity that I serve in. I've been doing that for about seven years. I have Shannon and Pat in the office uh, helping me and helping veterans uh, in the, the community, too, as well. Um, you know, I, I started in 2016. I kind of had some background in some broader veteran legislation just through uh, volunteering with some stuff locally at the state level. Uh, and then Congressman Walls was the, the congressman back here at the time and helping with some of the GI Bill uh, overhaul. Um, and so when I came, uh, became a CVSO, I guess there was some uh, markers out there that I had some involvement, some legislation. And so the National Association uh, of all counties uh, that represent us on the national level asked me if I'd be interested in getting involved in national legislation uh, on behalf of the profession and, and veterans that we serve. 
And so uh, just right place, right time. How many, how many people um, are like working nationally with you alongside you? Is it you alone or you, do you have like a team, like a, a committee, of, a group of people? So the, the, there's a executive uh, board, but I'm the legislative director for the National Association of County Vets Offices. Uh, so I, I guess I'm the guy when it comes to that uh, nationally. Not that the, the team and the rest of the executive board doesn't help out, but that's kind of just my, my mission on the national side. That's a lot of pressure. I mean, to be the national director of legislation for all military and all veterans. Yeah. Well, thanks. I, I guess I never thought about it, but now I feel pressure. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm a former government social worker and um, started off federal and was going to go in the military as well. And so um, just knowing uh, part of social workers, we have a clinical track where we can do individual therapy, things like that. And um, the other part that people aren't usually aware of is that we're the community organizers. And we can also work at the Capitol. So we are, we're both. You know, we, we do grassroots efforts, things like that, causes, sometimes activists. Um, anyways, we'll skip over that one. But um, social workers, we have, a, we have a wide variety of things that we can do. And so that's why I'm pretty, we, we know we're knowledgeable about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And when people ask about, uh, I guess, the profession in general, I, I always kind of say, well, we're, we're kind of like a social worker with a really small niche or a real uh, target basis with kind of a specific uh, culture. Um, and so you, you have the social work ask side of it, I guess, but then also kind of the community liaison, which is a big part of it, uh, tying veterans with other benefits, being accessible, being approachable. Uh, there was an old stigma uh, before with, you know, governmental reps uh, and VA in particular uh, coming out of the Vietnam era where it was uh, not very helpful, uh, you know, kind of adversarial at times. And so a lot of those Vietnam veterans went on to become uh, the service officers in the counties in those positions and really turned that tide back. And then current generation of Iraq and Afghanistan are just kind of building on that momentum. Mm, okay, that sounds good. Um, so we're, I'm going to talk about this, I think, a little bit more in the second segment. But specifically, so in the state of Minnesota, we have the VSOs, the veteran service officers that are located at each county. But for the state, this is just Minnesota. But what about all the other states, the 49 that are you know remaining? How do all those veterans get access to benefits? Sure. So uh, the VA accredits uh, veteran service officer representatives. Uh, they also accredit uh, claims agents and uh, attorneys, too, as well. The VSO representatives are going to be your free pro, pro bono type uh, work. Uh, county, uh, state, tribal, even municipal uh, veteran service officers exist in a little over 30 states uh, in the country. Uh, but where they don't exist, those veteran service organizations, too, like DAV and VFW and American Legion, have full-time paid uh, representative staff. that You don't have to be a member of that organization. So uh, if we have somebody listening in Hawaii or Colorado, they just have to Google their local VSO or their local rep. Yeah, actually, I think I brought somewhere a, a website for okay, it, Okay, sounds good. We can get back to that. All right, so tell me, how did this legislation get started? So... Uh, probably all the way back to, to 1953, since that's where it kind of affects uh, starting. I was going to say it was a long time, but I didn't think it was that long. <laughs> yeah, so people people get really honed in on the, the burn pits in Iraq, Afghanistan, and the Middle East uh, service, but the, the PACT Act itself actually goes back and provides additional coverage for uh, Camp Lejeune veterans that goes all the way back oh, to 1953, yeah. and then even a lot of our Vietnam uh, veterans and those that served in support of Vietnam uh, going back to 1962 all the way up to you know, currently serving. So it's about a 70 year piece of legislation. Mm -hmm. So to say it was exclusively Iraq and Afghanistan uh, veterans that kind of pushed it through would, would be disingenuous. It was a collective effort of, of veterans realizing that for years, uh, starting back 
uh, in the 50s and, and really, if you think of atomic vets, uh, too, in World War II uh, and, and mustard gases and everything, World War I, veterans have been being exposed to toxic chemicals uh, for a long time. So was this, was this bill that got passed, was this part of another group of whole, like a bunch of other bills that got passed for veterans? So was it like a, a package that got barreled into other things? So it wasn't just a one-piece legislation? Yep, yep. So it actually started off uh, as uh, a Compact Act, uh, the Burn Pits Act, uh, the PACT Act, the Cost of War Act, the Teams Act, the Mark Nakai Atomic Veterans Act, a whole bunch of them were individual silos. Uh, and, and what I originally got involved in was the, the War Fighters Act that really targeted current era uh, exposures. And then as we got momentum and then the service organizations, the National VFW, uh, DAV Legion, NACVSO, uh, the states, we all kind of got together and thought like, hey, this is kind of maybe our moment. Let's try and push a unified mm -hmm. package together. When you say that it started getting momentum, uh, what year do you think that you guys started meeting? And then from there, like how many, I'm curious, like how long, like we, we meet, we talk about an issue, we see when we want to make this pass. Like at what point did you guys start meeting? Like we said, hey, we want to do this. Um, but then it actually got transitioned and actually got passed. Well, I think 2018 uh, was probably a lot of the, the initial big efforts with the Teams Act. I mean, collectively, and again, I'm going to reference the Vietnam uh, veterans uh, of that era because it was a lot of them pushing, helping us along, too, with their uh, learned and gained experience through their, their fights of recognizing the, the toxic exposures from Agent Orange. So in 2018, really, we had a couple bills out there that had some good, strong support but just didn't make it through. And so when this session uh, started uh, again, we kind of pushed all those back out with re renewed vigor and momentum. And then as, as we started getting more buy-in from Congress and, and more attention, it kind of felt like there was a chance to combine it all and, and get something significant done. Okay. No, that makes sense. Well, I think it's still pretty impressive. And I think the hard thing is that a lot of this stuff takes so much time. You know, Frustration yeah, 50, along the way. You know, 50, 50 years, 40 years. Yep. The making. Yeah, and, and it's weird because you guys deserve it. So it's so it's a no, it's a no brainer. You know, that's the thing that bothers me about the time it takes. Yeah, and, and I think the the biggest thing is you know when uh, the Vietnam veterans went through their struggles initially with the Agent Orange Act. Uh, the Agent Orange Act, you know, don't quote me as gospel, but I, I think it was 1990-91 time frame when the original Agent Orange Act passed. Uh, and as a country and, and Congress especially said that that delay from exposure and service and the end of the conflict uh, to when the, the benefits were finally acknowledged was too long and we would never repeat that mistake again. And so when you look at burn pits, you're not just talking about current Iraq and Afghanistan, you're talking back to first Gulf War in 1990. Yeah, sure. mm -hmm. And so if you, if you look to when this took effect, 33 years after the first Gulf War veteran was exposed, so we pretty much doubled the time, which <laughs> we said was too much for um, Vietnam veterans. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right. apparently. Okay. Um, uh, make sure, if you're listening, uh, make sure you did tune into the second show, because sometimes people um, don't realize that we actually have a second segment, because we're going to go to commercial here pretty soon. But the second segment, we're going to be talking about, um, I want to I, I I wanna help our veterans understand, like, where to go to, to get the service connection. And we, if we have active duty military listening, do they want to get their service assessment prior to discharging or do they want to wait until after they get out? Because I've heard different things about that. And then the forms that they need, um, that one is gold. Like I know that one, you need to hang on to that one at yeah. all costs um, more than your dog tags, but I'm going to let Mike explain that. And then um, but I want to make sure that we also address this on, on a national level and then a Minnesota level, so on both perspectives. So 
And then um, we might have some veterans also say, well, I don't know, Mars, I didn't serve in that area. I wasn't exposed to the burn pit or I didn't smell anything or I might, have not, I might not have been in that area. But why is it important for everyone to get assessed for it anyways, just because of maybe something might happen in your lungs in, in 20 years? And I also want to talk about the medical com- component, too. So those are the things we'll be talking about in the second uh, segment. So make sure to tune back in if you uh, go do something for a little bit here. Otherwise, hang out. we got some local news, local sports. We've got an ABC News update as well as uh, LFN uh, here in about a minute or so. And it's going to be a wet weekend, so get used to the In fact, I think it's going to be wet for a week here. We had a 40 to 50% chance of rain today, 70% chance tonight, 70% chance tomorrow. Thunderstorms, too, which could dump heavier amounts of rain. It's not out of the realm of possibility to get more than an inch of rain this weekend around the area, especially if you get the thunderstorms moving over wherever you are. But even you go to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's a 30 to 40% chance of rain every day there, too. Temperatures, luckily, stay uh, in the mid to upper 60s for highs and right in the 50s for lows through the whole period. So we do have that going for us. And right into the news with, with Mike's favorite song. <laughs> I'm going to tease you, Mike, for the, forever about this song. <laughs> Segment two of Mental Health Friday here on KTOE AM 1420, 102.7 FM. We also stream at KTOE.com. And we stream at RadioManCato.com. And we stream live on the free to download radio, or uh, rather, uh, iHeartRadio app. You can get. We are live, we are free, we are worldwide here at KTOE. And. Not to play this song to death, but <laughs> it is on my list to play. So uh, nice. <laughs> we only have like forty seconds of it. <coughs> Talking veterans needs this full hour here on Mental Health Friday. hands here in the studio. <laughs> I think I'm going to laugh every time I hear that song. Mike can think of you, so thanks for that. Well, see, it makes you happy. Yeah, it's it does. Hey, it, it puts a smile on my face. It has an effect. I looked around and both you were bobbing your head. Um, all right, so we're going to jump right into it because we have a lot of stuff to cover in the second segment. So um, welcome back. If we have first-time listeners, our show is Mental Health with Marcy and Jay Paul, and it's about combating mental health stigma, um, addressing air, uh, access to barriers of care, and suicide prevention. So we're going to head right into second segment. We were covering um, the legislation that got passed for veterans that get access to the service connection for the burn pits that they were uh, exposed to. And as Mike, our guest, um, just had shared previously that this was a bill that also encompassed many other different types of things for veterans, and so which is really exciting. I didn't know that. Um, but Mike, tell us a little bit about what are some of the medical conditions that um, veterans are experiencing from Iraq and Afghanistan from the specific um, burn pit exposure. 
Uh, so unfortunately, a, a lot of not good ones, uh, a lot of cancers and a lot of respiratory uh, conditions. Uh, s- some of the more common uh, ones that aren't as severe are like asthma, sinus- sinusitis, uh, rhinitis, uh, things of those nature. But uh, brain cancers, respiratory cancers, uh, lymphatic cancer, neck cancer, uh, reproductive ca- uh, cancer, uh, uh, GI cancer, uh, too. Um, there's there's quite a quite a few. Wow. That's pretty tragic, actually. Yeah, well, and it's it's the tragic part, I think, is, you know, these exposures have been happening uh, going all the way back to 1990, but then even more so uh, in the current era for about 20 years of, of warfare. And, you know, the government DOD has is, is known, you know, the toxic chemicals and exposure in those, those large burn pits since, you know, probably the early first uh, part of this uh, decade of the century, so 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. and then it continued. Yep. Yep. You know, that's kind of like a similar parallel, just to throw it out there. When it comes to mental health, this is also not public knowledge, um, Mike, as I think we had mentioned at a different date. Um, but the, the the military and the institution, they are aware of the psychological costs a, 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 a combat veteran is going to have when they go off to war. They know it can cause a psychiatric break because there's also the warrior level of optimum performance with the heart rate where your heart rate has to be a certain uh, number. And if it goes over that, so somehow it creates a, a something in your body. And I, I don't know the medical stuff. Um, I'll probably get somebody else to on, on hand to show to provide the medical knowledge of that. But it can cause a psychiatric break. And uh, Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman, who writes the books that the Marine Corps, I guess, apparently now, I heard this from a friend who's still active duty, that he'd recommend that these books um, by him uh, on combat and on killing. And, and this book by him, this Lieutenant Colonel, he had mentioned how this has been an ongoing thing since World War II in hand-to-hand combat where uh, the, our combat, uh, our combat uh, veterans, they experienced a psychiatric uh, either emergency where they were getting pulled off the field. And I don't even want to call it a psychiatric emergency type of thing because I don't think that's fair. I don't think that word is, is appropriate to the experience of um, the, the context of a war. And so um, I think a better way to think about it is it's a stress reaction to the combat. And but that we don't talk about that enough, and and also we don't warn our guys and girls going into the military or during the war that 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 this might happen to them. And so then I think if they knew that though, we were talking about this, it could maybe help with the suicide prevention numbers. But anyways, we'll talk about that at the very end of the show. Um, but Mike, if people are listening right now and they're like, oh hey, I want to get assessed for this, if you're in Minnesota, tell us the process. We mentioned briefly that every county has a VSO, a Veteran Service Officer. Um, so explain just maybe real quick on how people can get connected with in Minnesota, and then we'll go over the next one for people who are listening from out of state. Yeah, sure. I think the first big step is just uh, contacting your local veteran service officer, like you alluded to. Uh, for us in the the Mankato Blue Earth County area, that's that's pretty easy. It's five zero seven three zero four four two four six. Uh, if you're in Nicola County across the river, it's five zero seven nine three four seven eight seven zero. Easiest way, give us a call. Uh, we'll chat with you, get some details, uh, set up initial appointment. If you can't make it to us, we'll find a way to uh, make it to you too as well. And then uh, um, real quick, one thing about, uh, I worked at Dakota County. We are, we had a VSO and they were amazing. And sometimes the Veteran Service Officer um, Office will actually have more resources for the public, um, for ve- for veterans and their families, even maybe for their kids. But Every, I think, VSO might be different on the funding that they might have or their local resources. Um, so that's one thing to know, too, as a social worker. If you ever have something happen in your family, always go to your VSO and just say, hey, do you have anybody that can, might have tutoring that can help my kid has autism? But always check your VSO. It's a, it's a underlooked 
uh, place. So. Yeah, yeah. A big, like I said, a big part outside the representation piece is we kind of have that community liaison role, so tied in with a lot of other local uh, resources and assets too. But um, it, and like even you say, you know, every county is a little bit different. In Blue Earth County, we were able to partner with the vet center, so every Tuesday we have a counselor from the St. Paul Vet Center that holds uh, office hours in uh, our county building just down the hallway from us for for veterans. They don't have to travel up to the cities to see the vet center, uh, and they don't have to the travel to the VA. And it's free. Yes, it's free. Yep, it's free. Um, and so if you have, if anybody had any uh, interest in that or uh, wanted to know how to get access to it, again, just call our office and, and we'll get you referred there. Okay, and that's awesome. I think that's a great service that you guys offer here too for the free therapy component. Well, and that's, so uh, sticking with the mental health uh, theme too, that is one of the biggest uh, godsends of the PACT Act outside of getting access and care to it is We've had a lot of uh, initial conversations with somebody who might have a physical, you know, condition or disease that's come in, but has maybe neglected or downplayed mental health uh, since their discharge. And so we've had a lot of referrals to uh, counseling and, and mental health services alongside of taking care of those physical ailments. Which is awesome. Yeah. And thank you for doing that, Mike. Um, okay, now how do, how do veterans access this that are outside of Minnesota? Uh, so uh, outside of Minnesota, uh, VA has uh, a published uh, website that anybody can go up, put in their zip code, and see who their VSO representative is. And that's, again, the pro bono, the, the free of charge. Uh, and that's uh, uh, va.gov backslash OGC. That's Oscar, Golf, Charlie for my veterans out there. And then backslash accreditation. And I'm sure you can get that posted up too. All right. And then the next question for our active duty military across the country, some that might be getting ready to, get, to leave, to re, uh, retire, uh, should they get assessed before they discharge or should they wait? Because I've heard, I've heard different things. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, serving, serving myself, there's always uh, a resistance and a hesitance uh, to get treatment and care. And, and, and it's kind of a, a dichotomy, right? Like nobody wants to be seen as the soldier, the airman, the marine or sailor that's trying to get out of work, that's trying to, you know, get taken care of and, and leave their, their guys and their gals uh, and away from the mission. You kind of got to take that through an individual basis and, and, and uh, think about what you're dealing with and, and the impact to you uh, long term, too, as well. There is a process for those that are, are getting out of the military. Uh, it's called the BDD process, the benefits delivered on discharge. So you can uh, initiate your VA uh, service-connected uh, injury disability claims when you hit the 180-day mark out from separation from the military. Is that mandatory or is that optional? Optional, yeah. So would you recommend that for veterans? Yeah, so... If, I mean, if, can we do, sorry, can we do a pros and cons real quick? Because I think a pro I've heard is that you get it done and then you don't have to get it rechecked every year or something like that. Whereas if you get out of the military and then you get your assessed, like if I always come see you, I get out of the Air Force, I didn't do it then... And then now I have something with my back. I'm having PTSD, things like that. And then I heard the processes might be a little bit different now, trying to go see you, get my service connection. And I've also heard uh, different, just these are friends, not clients. Um, but I've also had different friends share kind of like stories where the, they didn't get what they needed right away. It took years. Sure. I mean, there's a decent amount to unpack there. So uh, y yes and no. Uh, generally, uh, the VA, when you're looking at a, a diagnosed uh physical, internal, mental uh, condition, they're more apt uh, to associate it with service the closer to your service when the condition you know, comes about. Uh, and so maybe that's where uh, some of those, uh, you know, rumors that you're kind of mentioning uh, came about. Uh, the 
the if you do it before you get out or versus after you get out, the VA will never look at it. That has no role or no play in it. It's either a, a static or they're going to set up a future. Static meaning when VA does the initial evaluation, whether you're a civilian or you're currently serving, they think that there's no, uh, there's no uh, likelihood that the condition is going to get better. Okay. Um, so they, they make it static. But All right. Now, let's, now the, de the discharge forms, we got to talk about this. Why is it so important? Why is it so important to hold on to these forms? Because if you don't have them, it's bad news bears. Yeah. So essentially, it's the DD two fourteen uh, Delta Delta dash two fourteen. It's the the same phone number across every service branch uh, when you get discharged. And it's essentially like your your veteran military passport. Um, so it's imagine you know being you know in Europe and losing your passport and trying to get what you need to get back right. here. It's mm -hmm. it's like kind of the same thing with the DD two fourteen. Um, and, and so. Uh, that initiates all healthcare enrollment. That initiates your educational benefits. That initiates for your home loan. I mean, that initiates about everything. So it's literally, literally your golden ticket. Yep, I learned that at the VA when I was there a long time ago. Um, okay, so thank you for that. And then the next thing I want to say is, if you're listening right now, we also have an Instagram handle. It's Mental Health with Marcy M A R C Y, not the M I M A R C I E. Uh, you'll get lots of different other pictures, so like cats and stuff. But anyways, so uh, make sure if you want to DM me there, message me. Um, and then one thing I did see a really kind of neat posting about this other uh, Marine. He gave me permission to share this. He's on Instagram. He has like 8,000 followers. His name is Matt's All Right. And he had shared, I have big news uh, and a heart. If you don't know, I ghosted my friends from the military for years. I wanted to just forget about it all. But I'm lucky enough to have a few friends from the Marines who didn't let me disappear and have even been watching my online career. My hero and my first mentor not pictured or tagged for his privacy is being promoted to the rank of first sergeant this Tuesday. I'm lucky enough to have been invited and have worked up the courage to go. My mental health is at an all-time high. I'm excited to attend my first Marine Corps ceremony since 2011. And I messaged him and said, hey, that's really co so cool. I went, uh, or I said, hey, I'm a mental health social worker and I have a, really, a radio mental health talk show. I said, congratulations, I'm really happy for you and way to share your story. And then he said I could share it on the radio. Oh, cool. So he said he went to therapy and he said he can't believe how great he feels. He finally feels free. So that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so do you have any advice or any words of encouragement if there's any military that are listening, combat veterans that are out of service or any that are still in? As far as if anyone is struggling, Mike. Yeah, I mean, don't don't hesitate to uh, reach out. There's there's more people out there that, that care that, that you might not know of. Um, you know, when I, I came home and I, I was a 24, 25 year old infantry marine that just separated, it was really the, the chiding of uh, past combat veterans, Vietnam era. I was just like, hey, go and just get established, you know, with somebody for the physical health, but then also. The mental health, uh, and that was probably some of the best advice I got because later on in life, you know, I learned that mental health for all of us, you know, not just combat veterans, but for all of us is, isn't a train track, it's a roller coaster. You're going to have those, those peaks and valleys. And when you're in one of those valleys, trying to get established with somebody, building a rapport on, on relationship uh, from a therapeutic uh, standpoint, at least in my experience, is pretty difficult when you're in that valley. Mm -hmm. And so the time to do it is when you're at that peak, when you think you don't need it. Um, and so that, that would be, you know, a lesson to learn for me kind of the hard way, uh, but then with experience yeah. too. No, I think that's great. I uh, thank you because, um, just to kind of add to that is I think everyone has all these valleys, you know, there's not just one person and it's not just one specific, uh, situation, but when you realize, and as a therapist, as a mental health social worker, when you work with so many different people, you start realizing that everyone has the same fears or they've gone through different things. 
And so when you, everyone has their own valleys, you realize that we're actually more interconnected and we're more like an egg carton, you know what I mean, with little holes. Yep. So um, uh, if you uh, want to listen next week, we have a great show on as well. So, um, you might recognize another voice. Can't say too much. But we're going to have Dr. George Kamaritis on uh, next week for May 12th. This month, we're honoring all our military for Memorial Day weekend. Um, and if you're listening and you're a military active duty or combat veteran, thank you for your service. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show today. And just know that there's so many people out there that care about you, even if you don't feel it or know. And um, that you're not forgotten about. And we will make it a point on this show, and hopefully our show will spread in the news, and so that we will. I just, I just want to make sure that everyone feels that they know that they're not being forgotten about. So thank you for listening, and then uh, tune in next week. Yeah, and there's a National Suicide Prevention Hotline nine eight eight. That is also a Veterans Crisis Line. If you dial uh, nine eight eight and then press one when prompted, uh, you can speak to uh, somebody who knows what you uh, need there, and you can also text eight three eight two five five to get that care there. And you can thank Mike for this song. Another another Mike McLaughlin <laughs> special. Actually, this one's kind of fun. Yeah. No, so it's, uh, it's, a good, it's a good message. Oh, you can thank that movie, uh, Iron Eagle. All right. Thanks, Iron Eagle. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you, in. Mike, for coming on. Thank you for everything you've done. Yeah, thanks for having me.
65 degrees at 11 o'clock. KTOE Mankato, it's time for ABC News.